0: I want to share something with you that I'm really, really excited about. I've mentioned it a few times, but I am now a grief recovery specialist. And what that means is I help people actually recover from grief. Like you don't have to stay where you're at. I take people through one-on-one and groups and we really go through steps to identify first what's holding you back did you know grief is like having a bunch of rocks in your backpack so we've got to unpack those and I give you step-by-step ways to actually move forward so if you want to learn more about this there's a link in the show notes that you can book a call with me I do one-on-ones I do groups I would love to speak with you about how this could work for you thanks Welcome to Widow Too soon. This is Michelle Bader Eversol. I'm sitting here with my friend and co-host Mark Masaro. How's it going, Mark?
1: I'm doing great, Michelle. How are you?
0: We'll ask you first. So oh, oh, I
1: said I'm doing great. I'm doing how about I'm doing really, really well, and everything's going fantastic. Would you like to know what's been going on in my life?
0: I actually would. How about you share it with us? Since okay. I don't think you were here last time the guests.
1: Well, no actually, i've been no
0: you are here because we are ahead an episode so the one that they're going to hear tomorrow you're in so you but is
1: it tomorrow here.
0: it's going to be tomorrow where your voice will be there again. <laughs> anyways whatever what do you tomorrow for last... us
1: okay <laughs> yes. so since we last talked let's see well um you know i'm moving forward trying to get all my real estate stuff started um that's been kind of overwhelming. So I took headshots and photos, which is like super weird. You did? Um, yeah. Well, my cousin I helped me out work. with
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Was it like glamour shots <laughs> in the eighties? You know
1: no, what but that would have been, that would have been cool. In the 90s, um, I had no. glamour no. Shots.
0: Did mm-hmm. you?
1: I think every oh, like girl in did 90s, in like, like junior like high.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's why my mom bought it for me. for like With like the
1: blue and veiny background yes, or whatever.
0: Yes. <laughs> and they put all the makeup on you and the hair. Yes.
1: Yes. The high hair. Yes, I did. The high hair.
0: Wait, wait, maybe we could use your new like glamour shot for like on one of our episodes.
1: (laughs) It's so not a glamour shot, but no, but you know, I just, uh, dressed up and looked professional. And then my, uh, cousin took some photos. So actually he saved me a lot of money. Um, and then, um, my, his wife, who I also call my cousin, she did like Photoshop and stuff. So she took away the ugliness and, you know, it made me look nicer, which was awesome. Um, and actually I went to Kentucky. Um, I'm always back and forth in Kentucky, it seems like, but, um, with my in-laws and that was super cool. We went to, Oh goodness. Cumberland falls. I always confuse it with the Cumberland gap. Um, but Cumberland falls and we did, I went horseback riding for my first time, which is super cool. They are like amazing animals. Um, as I was telling you before the episode started that um i I never had much interest in horses always thought they were cool but my horse like just wanted to like please me like I would pet him and tell me he was a good boy and like he would like like look back for approval like oh was that good did you see how I went over that big old rock or whatever
2: <laughs> you know? nice
1: and it was it was super cool um I was just like okay I see how people are so passionate about this like they are amazing incredible majestic animals and it's funny i I kept thinking the whole time how, you know, Christ is going to be on the white horse or whatever, if I'm mm-hmm. remembering that right.
0: Yes. Yeah, I believe so.
1: Or is, hmm, I might, I think so. Or is it the mm-hmm. Antichrist that's deceptively? No, co- anyways, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank right now. I think it is Christ on the white horse. Yes. But anyways, it just made me think about that. And I was like, wow, like these, It what made me think about is like, how long these animals have been really important to humanity. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there was just something really cool about it that I was like, wow, this is, This was so much more than what I was expecting. I've ridden an elephant before at the fair. And (laughs) that was just like, okay, I've ridden an elephant. You know, it didn't give me that feeling. But horses are very majestic, very intelligent Mm -hmm. creatures. And uh, it was super cool. So, um, And I'm getting ready for uh, Tina to come for a visit, which I'm super excited about. Um, My sweet Tina. And, uh, you know, just... Different, different little things that have been going on, um, you know, getting childcare for the kids and stuff like that, trying to f- just trying to figure stuff out. And yeah. I mentioned before that my mom is not doing too well. Mm-hmm. So if anybody, I, you know, feels led to pray for her, I would appreciate that. Um, I, I, I'm not going to get into what's going on. It's just a lot of stuff and,
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, just depressing stuff that we don't need to talk about on air. But, um, so anyways, so that's, what's been up with me. How about you, Michelle? What's going on in your world? Are you still yeah. married?
0: Yes. Awesome. <laughs>
1: Tell me all about it. What's going on. How's Joel? He's I miss Joel. Great.
0: He's great. <laughs> We've been married for three months and a week almost. Nice. You still know, counting. We're in there, you know, March yeah. Not that I'm counting or anything, but I realized that we were halfway to our six-month anniversary the other day. I was like, "Happy three months!" That's so cool. Yes,
1: month month anniversary.
0: Month anniversary. You know, you count those things in the beginning. He's
1: such a he's such a good man. I really like Joel.
0: Right? Yeah, I know. I know, right? Absolutely amazing, and every day I feel so blessed. Like. I think, I know you get this with Tina, like the second time, like if you've already lost someone you love and then you love someone else, it's like amazing. Like you just appreciate Mm. every single moment, every second. Like I literally wake up and I'm like, I can't believe you're my husband. Like I'm so happy. Like this is amazing. Um, He shared with me. So back it up. What we did this last weekend is we went to this thing called heart change and I'd been through it before nine years ago and I wanted my kids and him to go to this. And it's basically four days, just you and God and doing all these, they call them processes, things to grow closer to God. And then for us to grow closer together as a new family unit. And it was absolutely beautiful to see that Hmm. my older, um, the older two, his oldest and my oldest didn't go, but our younger two went, my younger two, and they were able to really bond with Joel and he got to know them better. So it accomplished everything I wanted. So one of the things he said to me during a process was one thing I love and admire about you is that you have made my life a garden. It was just weeds and desert before. And now it's a garden. I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. Would you
1: say he digs it?
0: Oh my gosh! I can't with your dad jokes. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Sorry, uh, I had you were
0: just yeah. Well, that was pretty quick. That was, that was pretty <laughs> quick. That you came up with that, but yes, he did exit. And um, anyways, it was just beautiful to see um, the kids' hearts opening up and just um, seeing their relationships with God get deeper. And um, I really enjoyed it. It was hard. It's a lot of hard work and you, you can't, you know, be on social media and do a lot of things like you got to really step back from the world and just focus on getting to know the heart of God and you have time to work through like anything that's come between you and God. And um, Haley was able to open up in front of the entire group and share some things on her heart. And she actually cried, which she never does. Um, and so it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing that I absolutely loved. So that's what we've been doing the last uh, four days. We just got done last night. And they're long mm. days. They're like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like you go oh, home and wow. then you come right back. We really bonded. And I also loved it because I think Joel made his new best friend. So that's fun because he didn't really have any friends here yet. And him and this guy, he's about the same age as us, you know, 29.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, naturally. And
0: that, yeah. And they really bonded. And he was also, you were given buddies and he was um, mm. Peyton's buddy. And so um, the three of them are going to like get together and stuff. So
1: that's cool. It's so good cause... for a man to find a good Christian brother. You yes. know, somebody you can uh, confide in, relate to. Um you know, somebody to lift you up. Well, what, the, what is that verse as uh, iron sharpens iron?
0: Iron, yes, um, yes.
1: And it is so true, like really, having good friends like really um, shapes your faith and um, it's just a really positive thing. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, because that's one thing that he's really been missing. Like he was involved in all these men's Bible studies and had all these great friends in Louisiana. And so that's something that has been something hard for him. He's lacking that. So it was, that was one mm-hmm. of the best things of the weekend is I know him and this guy are going to get together and probably do Bible studies. And um, they just really seem to hit it off. So that's that was sweet. great.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So um, I think that's it. Just summer stuff. Um The kids are with their grandma. Luke's mom came and got them and they're, um, she lives out of town, but she wanted to pick them up and go to spend the night at a hotel. So, oh nice. um, yeah, they're going to like go to dinner and do all these fun things. So I'm happy for them. And I love that, you know, they're still very much in her life and um, seeing her, you know, I know you get that with, um. You're in-laws too, but they're yes. still in your life and in the kids' lives. And, you know, I didn't know if that would shift when I got married, Of course, um, you know, but it, it hasn't, they're, they're still here and we're still doing things and it's, you know, not awkward. And I, everyone mm-hmm. knows they were at my wedding and, um, it's just been a beautiful thing. So yeah, anyways, that's awesome. Did you have anything so, else?
1: No. Can, what are we doing today? Well, I today, think we have a special treat for the audience. We
0: have a special treat. I'm so excited. Um, we actually have a man again. I mean, not like saying you're not a man. Oh <laughs> <I never laughs> what? <remember. laughs> we finally have a man on the show. <laughs> Just kidding. Another, finally. <laughs> finally. A male guest, another male guest, another widower. We hear from widows a lot, but not very often do we get the privilege of having a widower on our show. So today we have special guest, Rob Linger. Rob and oh
1: and Rob gets the special title of Superfan.
0: He is our super He's fan. listened to
1: every single episode and he did it in a surprisingly short period of time. And we're just really grateful. He's a great guy. So, anyways, go ahead, Michelle. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I was just saying, I was just Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing
3: fine. How are you guys?
0: We're good. We're doing very- great. Very happy to be here and so excited for you to get to share with our audience because you have a different story than us. Like we all Mm -hmm. have different stories and your story is going to touch someone else that ours couldn't. So we'd love it if you could just share. You can start wherever you want, like how you met your wife, your journey, um, just whatever you feel like you want to share.
3: All right. Well, first off, I'm going to say we had a rainy day today, but (laughs) for me, the last few weeks, months have been... a lot less cloudy days, if you know what oh, I mean. Good. We do, mm, that's so, wonderful.
1: Uh, Love hearing so I'm that. Gonna
3: start off, uh, back in high school, I mean, we're going way back. Uh, yeah, my let's do high it. School basketball coach, uh, he was a former basketball official, a referee, and mm. I had talked with him as a junior in high school that I may be interested in doing that. Well, fast forward about Four years, and he calls me one day and says, "Rob, I know that you're interested in becoming a basketball official. There's a class starting in a couple of weeks to help help you get your license." So, I decided to go ahead and do it. I kind of lost interest in it, but I decided, "Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it." Well, fast forward then uh, another couple of months, I had my basketball license and uh, official officiating license, and. I was roughing a junior high boys basketball game where after the game, an older gentleman walked up to me and said, hey, my son runs a church basketball league on Friday nights and he's always looking for basketball officials. Are you interested in doing that? I said, yeah, I could use the experience. So I decided to go ahead and do it. Well, that first week, it was, I believe, if I remember right, the 11th of January, 1985, uh... I actually met my wife for the first time. It was Mm. she, she, her brother was the one who ran the league. Her dad was the one who asked me to ref the league. And, uh, she was a scorekeeper for her brother's Mm.
0: teams. Nice.
3: So it was her and a good friend of hers. She ran the score book and and the friend ran the score clock, the clock and the scoreboard. So, the first few weeks, I kind of had my eyes on the other lady, <laughs> and my uh, my buddy who was refing with me. Oh, about three or four weeks into it, said, "Rob, I think the redhead likes you." And as you can see <laughs> in the picture behind me, yes, I she's said, beautiful. For those yes. of you who can't see, yeah, I married up. So I told my buddy <laughs> that there is no way I'm ever going out with a redhead. Well, it turns out <laughs> That's about funny. a year and a half later we were married. So.
1: Oh wow! So just out well, of high school? Oh no, you weren't in high school. oh no,
3: no, yeah. This was this was about four years out of high four or right. five years okay. out of high
1: school. Okay.
3: Okay. So this we got married, nineteen eighty six, uh, July eighteenth, the hottest day of the year in Cleveland, at uh, Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> that year. Wow. The church we got married in, her dad was the pastor of the church, and they did not have air conditioning, and it was 98 degrees. We got married oh. on a Friday night, so that church had all day to just percolate and get hot. So. <laughs> but you know what, you know, Kathy and I, neither one paid attention to the heat. We just had a great time. So,
1: yeah, because what? So, this is 38 years later.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, 30. It would be 37. Some years somewhere now. in that range. It, and I, you
1: still I, remember I, that.
3: Yes. Well, I, that's I cool. Mean,
1: you made a memory.
3: It's hard to forget that temper and a sweat run. Yeah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kathy was a teacher. She taught high school math for many, many years. She retired after she was diagnosed with, with uh, the multiple myeloma cancer. Um, mm-hmm. But she retired after 35 years of teaching um, Let's see. She was also born with a bad aortic heart valve. And mm. when she was 22, let's see, 20, 20, years old, actually, she had her first open heart surgery to replace the aortic oh valve.
2: Gosh. Wow.
3: And then 10 years, actually nine years, 364 days later, they, they had put a pig's <laughs> valve in and that pig's valve generally last 10 to 15 years. It was a day short of 10. They replaced it again with an artificial valve. Wow. This valve, this heart surgery was six months after our one and only child was born. Um, mm-hmm. During the pregnancy, it was, a, it was a difficult pregnancy for Kathy. And uh, after this artificial valve was placed into her heart, she was on blood thinners for the rest of her life. So the mm-hmm. doctors pretty much told us at that point, no more kids because of the blood thinners. So we had the one daughter and we just enjoyed the, enjoyed her so much. So. <laughs> sorry about
1: Silence that.
0: Silence your cell phone. please. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I'm at you. <laughs> sorry. Please.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, uh, she continued on another 17 years. She had to have her third open heart surgery the uh, heart valve started forming blood, uh, I'm sorry, um, scar tissue around it. And as a result, they had to go back in a third time and do the surgery. Uh, Fast forward then another nine years, and she was starting to notice some symptoms of what could possibly be heart-related, shortness of breath, just tired doing things that sh- that should never cause this. So she went back to her cardiologist, which she did twice a year. He performed a EKG. He did an echocardiogram. He did everything and said, your heart valve is pumping great. It's not heart related. He said, I believe you have anemia and we need to send you to a hematologist to s- for, for additional tests. So this was in 2019 in October of 2019. She, she got the, blood results back and it showed that she had multiple myeloma blood cancer mm. and this was something that we didn't know we've never heard of it before um, in fact he told her what he thought Kathy thought was going to be just a routine doctor's appointment they were going to talk about whatever was causing this anemia you know hey take this medicine and, and it'll help you out type of doctor's appointment so she went by herself and he told her the news that she had cancer all by herself which which was pretty devastating for her and for me as well so that started a three and a half year roughly long battle of of the cancer Hmm. um in 2020 right during the covid crisis she went in for a stem cell transplant that was supposed to be about two and a half week hospital stay. Um, during that time, they they, if you haven't had a stem cell transplant, they give you a pretty lethal, not lethal, but a pretty strong chemo. And she had some really bad reactions to that chemo where she started dry heaving uh, so extreme that she broke blood vessels in both of her eyes. Because she Mm -hmm. was on the blood thinners, her right eye would not stop bleeding, and she ended up with a detached Mm -hmm. retina. Uh, She ended up with eight surgeries over the next six months to try and repair that detached retina, and nothing she would do, nothing the doctors did was curing it at all. She ended up blind in her right Mm -hmm. eye as a result. Uh, She ended up in the hospital for that that uh, COVID time for five and a half weeks. And as you guys know, there there were no visitors allowed. There was, it was just a very difficult time. She was not Mm -hmm. because she was so heavily medicated. She was not able to communicate with me. There was no texting, no calling, no nothing. It just, she just was not capable of doing that at that point. Fortunately, we had a nurse and a doc, a floor doctor who, called me every day or the nurse texted me, texted us every day and just let us know how she was doing, what she was doing. And, and that really helped us get through that time. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, After that five and a half weeks, she got home and uh, she, she ended up trying, I believe it was six different treatments, chemo treatments, trying Get this multiple myeloma into line, and nothing was working. Uh, fast forward to this uh, about a year ago, we were we have a family lake cottage that's in Western New York, about a two hour drive away that that uh, she just absolutely loved being at, and. In August of 2022, we were there. We had a great week. We had some friends from church come up and spend some time with us. And she ended up telling this nurse who his name is Matt. He uh, he was her favorite nurse, favorite medical professional that, that she dealt with. And she told Matt later on in September that uh, if she never goes back to the cottage, she ended up having to, the best time ever that week in August. So I think she kind of knew in her mind that, that the end was near for her. But um, Mm. shortly after we got home from that trip Mm. in August, she started going downhill and it went pretty quick. Um, End of September, I had to take her into the ER and they ended up telling us at that point that her body was no longer producing blood. And so she had to have transfusions like every other day or every day, and oh it was my gosh, it was getting really bad, so they they transferred her down to the hospital we were at it's called University Hospitals of Cleveland, and it's just a it's a very large hospital system, one of the one of two in our area and um I've heard of it. they transferred her down to the main campus in downtown Cleveland, where there's Sideman Cancer Center, which is a great facility and she, she just loved the doctors there, but um, transferred her there. And during that time they gave her pretty much a last ditch effort with a chemo that was called VD pace and it was just a concoction of six different chemos. And, mm-hmm. and that knocked her way down. And that, they started that. It was a four four straight days, twenty four hours for four straight days. This treatment was going on, wow. and after that fourth day, she had about I don't, don't remember if it may have been four or five days, and then she hit rock bottom, and that's when the immune was the immune system was gone. Everything was just gone. She just her she was ready to give up at that point. But um, fortunately, the the VD pace was kicking in and it was going to give her actually, she was going to rebound. Typically it's two to six months for this cancer that, that the uh, VD pace gives remission. So Mm -hmm. after about two months, we started noticing that she started dropping bent down again. So she spent that entire month of October in the hospital, um, released the first week in November during that time in the hospital, her oncologist told us that there is a new drug that's going through FDA approval at that point that he felt was going to be a perfect fit for her and that um if this works, it, it should be some it should be a game changer for her. She uh that gave us a lot of hope. There was a lot of hope. And mm-hmm. So we kept waiting, kept looking online, trying to check the FDA website to see just where this approval status was. Finally, in the end of about the middle of November, uh, actually, it was the week that she, it was early November, it was the week that she was being released from the hospital. The doctor told us that it was approved and it was going to be in the hospital's hands shortly. Well, that shortly ended up being uh, about a month.
2: Uh-huh.
3: So. Around, I think it was December 10th, she went back into the hospital for what was going to be seven to 10 days of treatment for, with this new drug. And it was basically give an injection on the first day, wait two days, take the second injection, wait another two days for any uh, side effects, and then take the third injection, wait another two days, and then she can go home. If everything worked out perfect, well, there was a little hiccup and she ended up being there about, I think, eight days. Um, she left. We had a lot of, uh, high hopes that this new medication was going to work. Her spirits were pretty high. Um, my daughters and my spirits, my son-in-law, we were, we were all full of hope that this was going to work. We had a really good Christmas together. All four of us, um, My daughter and son-in-law live close. They live about 10 miles away. And so we had a really good Christmas together. Um, Two days after Christmas, she was going in. We had to take her in on Christmas Eve to get blood work done because she was still having issues with the blood. Um, So about every two days we were taking her in. And like I said, the Christmas was fine. Tuesday after Christmas, she started having a little bit more issues and some neurological issues which we thought which actually was a side effect of this medication but it's also a sign that the cancer is is progressing Mm. so we were going with the hope that it was medication and uh thursday between christmas and new year's we had to take her back in again my daughter would take her in and um She ended up with another transfusion, some more blood product. And then Friday, had to do it again, two days in a row. Well, we got home Friday from that uh, hospital uh, outpatient visit. And after a few hours, I started noticing that there were some issues going on with her. She showed some signs. uh, Then she fell. First time she had fallen. Mm -hmm. And I ended up talking to the nurse practitioner that, that uh, we were working with and he said, try and get her back into the ER and we'll, we'll get her administered ad- administered into the uh, cancer floor again. So Friday night, early Saturday morning, right around midnight, uh, they got her into a, another room at the, at Seidman cancer. And Saturday, that early Saturday morning, they took a blood culture that would actually tell her where, tell us where the cancer actually was at this point that would take a few days to get in and uh so saturday she was talkative but not normal she just wasn't she didn't she was a very talkative person she loved to talk and she she was talkative communicative but not like her normal self by sunday She was very, this was New Year's, this would have been New Year's Eve, I guess. Um, No, New Year's Day. She just wasn't talkative at all. And that was really the last we had talked with her. Monday, Mm -hmm. the doctors came in and said the the, uh, cultures came back and it is the cancer. The cancer had progressed greatly since she had left the hospital just two weeks earlier. And they said at this point, the only thing we can do for her is put her into hospice. So my daughter and I decided, okay, let's, let's get hospice. I made a phone call to a local hospice company and uh, because of her condition, she was able to stay in the hospital for a couple of weeks before they had to move her out. So the hospice was going to come and that following day, Tuesday, morning. They were going to come and meet with us, get all the information, and then and then officially start hospice care on Tuesday. We met with the hospice representative. She came in at 10 in the morning. We talked with her until about 1040. Then she said, I'm going to go. I got to go to the nurse's station, get some information from them. Then I'll print out all the paperwork. I'll bring it back in. You can sign it, and then she'll officially be in hospice. So we're like, okay, Shortly after she left, the uh, one of the hospital chaplains came up and he was talking with us and um, Kathy was not communicative at all. Like I said, she was laying with her head towards the side and pretty much been like that uh, for a while, since actually Sunday. And we were talking with the chaplain. We were kind of actually joking around a little bit between my daughter, my son-in-law, myself and the chaplain. We were, we were. Just, you know, just having some small talk and, and laughing a little bit. And actually, we are also, my daughter and I were kind of, okay, this is getting real. Now we need to kind of think about planning for a funeral at some point.
2: Mm.
3: And we we were discussing that a little bit. <clears throat> and about right around 11 o'clock, 1059, I think it was, Kathy turned, opened up her eyes as wide as could be and reached her arms straight out, like she was reaching for something. And that was her last breath.
1: Wow. Wow.
3: Almost exactly 23 hours since we placed her in, in comfort care, hospice care, Mm -hmm. uh, she died. And I I read, we both, when she opened her eyes, we thought she had wakened up and we went, we went to her. And that's when I saw her chest was no longer heaving like it was. And I said, "Guys, she's not breathing." Then I stood up and I said, "Just imagine what she's experiencing right now."
2: Mm.
1: Wow.
3: And that was that was major comfort for me.
1: <laughs> I, I Kathy, totally relate to that. Mm-hmm.
3: Kathy had a very strong faith, as do I. Uh, she uh, all through this cancer struggle, she let every one of her doctors know that this was in the Lord's hands, not hers, you know, whatever the outcome is, it's in his hands. And she's, she's fine with that. And that was her life. And that's the way she lived her final three and a half years. And she just, she, she was going to tell, she was going to be a witness to the Lord through all she did. So.
1: Mm. Wow. That's an incredible story.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. You know, I, I, I love hearing those stories. I hate what you went through just to be clear. Um, but Thanks. I love hearing those stories of when you, when you just know that like they're with the Lord, there's something so comforting about not having to feel bad for them. Right. And I'm
3: sure you've heard how, me say that. I don't know how people that don't have the Lord go through this. Right. I, it, I know. <clears throat> it
0: would be so difficult. I love how you were able to right away just talk about what she was experiencing and right away mm-hmm. be able to do that. So, take us through those first few days. What were they like for you?
3: They stunk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got home from the hospital. She died like I said right around 11, 11 in the morning. I got home around 2:30 that afternoon and um uh, the nurses there that had have worked with Kathy for three years, three plus years, they kicked me out. They said, you need to get out of here.
2: Mm. You know, you've
3: spent enough time here, get home, just go do something to try and get your mind off this. I came home, I sat in my kitchen and the house isn't any different than it was when she was here, but it was so, so quiet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that shocked me I
1: yeah I, it's I, I empty I, mm-hmm.
3: it was and and it's like I've spent many times in here alone while Kathy was in the hospital you know I would come home at night or whatever and it just it just struck me how just dead silent it was
1: it's different um, isn't it it is yeah
3: it very is it very so is it but it's um so that first few days uh, we had a, we had a funeral to plan and
1: right.
3: uh, my daughter, son-in-law and uh, my family, I have two sisters and two brother-in-laws plus Kathy's has a brother and two other sisters and all their kids, very close. We're all real close. They were all very helpful during that whole time. Um mm-hmm. We ended up having the funeral that following Saturday. The viewing, uh, we did it at our church because the funeral home already was booked, and it was a smaller funeral home, and so we we held everything at our church. On Friday night, we had the visitation, and I was overwhelmed with the support. There were the funeral home itself, the uh, employees of the funeral home who was managing the going on at the church. They said they estimated about 400 people came that night. Wow. Whoa. Which just blew me away. And the visitation was supposed to be from 4 to 7:30 and I think 4 to 7, I'm sorry. And we ended up the last person left at 9.
1: Oh wow. And
3: it was it was such an incredible experience and um same thing happened at Saturday for the funeral and so many people came. I had friends coming from high school friends that came from Florida, came from Boston. I had cousins of Kathy who came from uh, Canada. I had uh, just, I, and there's so many people that came from so far away. I, I can't even think where all they came from at this mm-hmm. point, but I, I was just so overwhelmed again with support from my friends, my family. I, it was just such such an incredible time. Um but still, mm-hmm. even though I had the family here, those first few, uh, that first month was really tough. Yeah. And I, I I ended up going back to work that next Monday. And I, I had to just to try and get my head around something else. Mm-hmm. And whether that was right or not, it helped me. It helped me just to focus on something. And for the first time in three plus years, it it wasn't. Kathy's health at this time. So, right.
2: mm-hmm.
3: however fair or unfair that was, it it did help me to process that a little bit. Um, and there
1: there is no right or wrong,
3: right. If it works yep. for
1: you, then it's the right thing.
3: Mm-hmm. But here here's where I did probably make a mistake for me personally. Um, I told my daughter and my two sisters that I think I wanted her closet cleared out. Pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And so that first day while I was at work, they cleared it out. Mm -hmm. And and I think that was a mistake. We ended up donating all of her stuff to a charitable organization in the Akron, Ohio area. And some people got some really good clothes from Kathy. And Mm -hmm. my daughter and another niece are built about the same size as about the same body style as Kathy is. And um, they took some things that they wanted. And so it's good to see both of them wearing Kathy's things every so often. It, yeah. That's that's cool. But I, I, looking back on it now, I think that was a little too soon to clear everything out at the time. It seemed like it was going to help me as time's gone on. I would say it probably wasn't the best choice for me personally. I think I would have, like to at least looked at, looked at her clothing in the closet. Just, uh, there were times when it was really tough just sitting there looking at an empty closet thinking, you know, that's just one of another many signs that this is final. And
1: yeah, gosh, I, I understand that too. For me, I, I also did the same thing as you. And for me, it was a good thing because I knew it would be harder later. I know I was already going through so much grief. It's like, let's just get it all over with now kind of a feeling. Um, but I know everybody listening will understand this, but maybe not if somebody hasn't been through this would understand. But like, there is one thing is that I wish I could have had her clothes a little longer to try and smell her. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah. Um mm-hmm. And
1: uh, you know, she didn't wear perfume or anything, but out. you know what I mean? Right. right yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. Yeah. The memories that, you know, our, our brain is directly connected to smell. It brings back memories a lot of times. And, um, so and that's, I that's the only thing.
3: I honestly don't think there's any right answer. If I would have waited, I probably would have come back now saying, I wish I would have removed those sooner. You know, yeah, and right. it's, just, it's just one of those things. I don't think there's any right answer and right. anything that I would have chosen. I think I would have double guessed, you know, I, yes, yes.
1: It's so, hard no matter how you look at it. I mean, it's just right. a hard situation. It's it's no, nothing in life prepares you for what you walk through, for what Michelle and I walked through. Um, there's just nothing, oh, nothing in life that can prepare you for that. It's not like we have experience. And I know some of our listeners have been through this twice. And so that's obviously not what I'm talking about. But right. um, there's no practice for this. And I've said it before, like it's so interesting. Uh, every other emotion has an opposite you know, um, grief to, or I mean, excuse me, like, um, sadness to happiness, anger to joy, but like, there's no opposite of grief. And so there's really no way to really understand naturally how to combat it. Um, there, is, cause there, you can't really combat it. It's just, it hits you out of left field whenever you're least expecting it. And especially as you get to this stage that we're at now, and I'm really happy to hear that you're getting a lot more sunshine in your life nowadays, so to speak, and less rain clouds. But even then, um, you know, I know how it is. I see that picture behind you. I know that you could look at that picture right now and just start crying. And it's been, you know, what, almost, almost a year now.
3: No, it'll be six months and seven more days. Okay.
1: Okay. And it's, it's, it's so hard. It's, it's, you never know what's right around the corner. What, what is going to, I mean, for me, sometimes like my daughter, my wife, Lacey wore glasses. My daughter does not, but she said, Oh, daddy, let me see your glasses. I want to try them on. And I was like, don't move. And I took a picture of her and actually showed it to my father-in-law and mother-in-law. And they were like, Oh my gosh, like that's Mm -hmm. Lacey. And, um, and so there's things like that and it can just hit you out of nowhere or Facebook memories or whatever it might be that, um, you know, pictures or whatever, but I'm so glad you got to experience that feeling of the peace that goes beyond all understanding, right? Like knowing where she was in that moment, knowing right. exactly who she was reaching out for. Um, It just reminds us what we're all doing. We're all waiting for that. We want to be there too. Um, And obviously we do the best we can while we're here, but um yeah, that's, and I'm sorry and, to, to interrupt you. It's just, I oh, just relate no. to your story so much.
3: And and yeah. it's kind of interesting. I, I've said, I've told many people this, that, and you've said the same thing, Mark. I know I've heard you say this, but this is before I heard you say this, that if I had a chance to somehow bring her back, <laughs> even for an hour, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Because for one, it would be selfish on my part to pull her out of paradise, Mm -hmm. out of heaven, out of out of being with her Lord and Savior to -hmm. come back to me. And I wouldn't do that. And it it just it was interesting when I heard you say that as well. I was like, yes,
1: (laughs) right. (laughs) Like how she'd be like, how dare you? You know, just be patient. You'll see me. You know,
3: don't don't take me back here. Kathy was one who would tell you what you didn't want to hear.
1: And mm. she would have
3: told me off if I would have done that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I relate to that. That's really funny. Wow.
3: So, like I said, I went back to work. Um, that Wednesday, I ended up having a little bit of a meltdown. I have two pictures of her. Since she was a high school teacher, She had I had uh, some school pictures from – I think one was 2016 and the other one I think was 20, either 15 or 17. they were, they were back to back years, but sitting on my desk right underneath one of my monitors and that morning I had, I got in, I looked at one of those pictures and I just, I lost it. I just, <sighs> I, I went into major grief and I, I had a meltdown and as the day, as the morning went on, it got worse and i I didn't know how to handle it, and they told me I should go home and I was like, "I'm not going to go home to an empty house where hmm. this would just snowball, and so I stuck it out there. I got onto Google and I started googling googling yeah <laughs> <laughs> I started googling uh widowed and or widowers and widows and everything and dealing with at that time I, I don't even know if I used the word grief or not but I, I just I searched for anything related to widows and that I found your your blo your uh, podcast and I found grief share mm. and I, I looked at that there was actually a, a grief share that was going to be starting the following Wednesday this was a Wednesday it was so it was a, it was a week from then. But unfortunately I already had a meeting set up with one of our financial advisors to get the ball rolling of getting some of her name off our different accounts and all. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I missed that first week of grief share, but I've been going every week since then. And the first, I would say the first three or four weeks of grief share, I didn't get it. I, I, it just wasn't sinking in for me. And I don't remember what the next, what that particular week's grief share was about, but it hit, whatever it was, it stuck. And from that point on, I started having more and more sunny days and mm-hmm. it, it was the Lord. It, I, that's the only thing I could, I can really pinpoint it to, it was the Lord just, just helping me through this, that, you know, you're going to get through this and that that first session of Grief Share just stuck so well with me that I decided, you know what, I, I think this is something that our church, my church, can do as well. We tried it a few years ago, and it, it, it just didn't work out real well. You know, I don't know why. I don't know if it was well attended or what. But I um, talked with my pastor and his wife, and which his wife was actually considered Kathy her, her best friend. I'm mm. very we were both very close with with our pastor and his wife. And um we are going to in the fall of this year start our own grief share sessions. So
1: Oh that's, that's fantastic.
3: fantastic. And myself and another widow are at church are gonna be leading it up. So
0: That's so wow. great.
3: That's you're really already
0: neat. Yeah, you're already letting God make beauty from ashes mm-hmm. and use you. Um it's very similar to when Mark and I were baby widows as we call people who haven't been widows very long. Um Which is we where were I am. Yeah, we were baby <laughs> widows like you and we decided to start the podcast and I see you doing the same thing being able to help others.
3: Yes, well, and it'll help it, you. Yes. It also, also yeah, it helps me to feel that what Kathy went through may be able to help others. Yes, you know. What, what the experience that I gained from that and, and went through and I just touched a little bit of Kathy's life. She, she touched mm. so many people and she was, it was, we worked with the teens for many, many years, 25 years total within the youth group. And, um, we finally, finally graduated and started working with the young marrieds and engaged class. Mm. And it's funny because, young marrieds and a gauge. I use the acronym, uh, why me? You know, <laughs> young married and and that's stuck. Everybody calls it the why me class now. So
1: that's, fun but, um, that's awesome.
3: We, we've just been able to work with so many people and she just touched so many people. And like I said, she had a tendency to speak the truth, whether you wanted to hear it or not. So she, that would that would tick some people off from time to time, but you know, most of the time they ended up saying, you know what? I needed to hear that. So Lacey
1: was the same way. And it comes from a place of love and it comes from a place of courage. It comes from a place of faith. Um, and so, yeah, there were times where Lacey would say things to people where I was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) did you really just say that to them that directly? Like, but it never was taken by people the way that I can't say never. It was usually not taken by people the way that I was afraid it was going to because she was so it was because she was so blunt, but she was speaking truth. And um, and, and I could hear just in the few things that you have told us about, Kathy, about how um, how many seeds she planted as she was going through that battle. And gosh, the amount of faith that it takes to say like it's in the Lord's hands. And I saw a lot of that with Lacey also. And I think it's really beautiful
3: especially to the medical profession, they think they're God a lot of times.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: And, and so it was, she was just like, you know, I don't care. I'm telling them (laughs) this is, this is where I am. This is what's got me to this point so far. You know, the Lord has got three open heart surgeries. She ended up, uh, when the doctors told us that, uh, we shouldn't have any more kids. We both into our own hands and made sure that, uh, you know, she was not going to get pregnant again. And when she had her tubes tied, she ended up with some internal bleeding and mm-hmm. had to have an emergency surgery at midnight to remove two liters of blood from her abdomen. And the doctors were like, she was very close to dying on that table. So, wow. There were so many things that the Lord got her through and mm. it was just, and that, brings up another thing that uh, I was angry at God. I was, we were praying that asking, and this is, this is, let me get through this and it'll make more sense, but I was angry at God. I was angry that here he was, he had got Kathy through three open heart surgeries. He got her through that emergency surgery with the internal bleeding. Surely he is going to clear this cancer from her. And again, continue her legacy that he has developed with her. And mm-hmm. as it went on and on, he wasn't answering that prayer. At least, you know, he wasn't answering the way I wanted it to be answered. Mm-hmm. And I was mad. I was getting mad with God at this. And finally, and I don't, I don't know where the turning point was in this, but finally it's, it dawned on me that it's his will, not mine. Mm -hmm. And he's got, he's got a reason for what he's doing and it may not, I may never know the reason for that, especially Mm -hmm. on this side of heaven.
1: Not on this side. Yep.
3: But I, I have, I decided that I had to take, I had to place this in his hands and accept what he, what he brought to us. And that happened before, boy, I would say, while she was having that, that new treatment done in December, I would say is when that really made a turn in my life sometime around that time. Another mm. thing that happened during that time, an old high school friend of mine, I was very, uh, I was on Facebook and I was giving updates to Kathy every chance I, for Kathy, every chance I got, Any anytime that there was something new happening Anytime she was in the hospital, every day when she was in the hospital, I would give an update for her. If you look back on my Facebook, you will see all this. And an old high school friend of mine who now lives about three or four hours away from me, she uh, she contacted me and said her high, her college roommate, a husband, had just been diagnosed with the same, well, had been diagnosed mm-hmm. with the same cancer mm-hmm. and was getting ready to start a very similar treatment to what Kathy was going through and just wondered if I can get in contact with her to just offer some encouragement, even just, just talk and, uh, see what we can do. And so I went ahead and did that. That was, I think, beginning of December. Uh, and, um, we continued chatting on Facebook and, uh, helped her out as much as I was able to. She and her husband, Mark, and, uh, Kathy died with, I don't even think we were Facebook friends for a month, but before Kathy died mm-hmm. and so she got to see what it was going, what I was going through at that point. Well, about a month later, her husband died mm-hmm. and I ended up going down to his visitation for the funeral and, uh, she lived about 45 minutes away and it was funny cause I I walked in and it reminded me so much of Kathy's with the amount of people that were there for him. But, Mm. uh, we had never met face to face. She had never, she wouldn't have known me at all. So I walked up and I talked with her kids. I introduced myself and, and they, they all said, you have helped the family so much. And that that was encouraging to hear because Mm -hmm. once again, it, it wasn't me. It was, it was, I was putting it back to, towards Kathy and ultimately to the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. he he was using me to to help them. And when I got to her, I said, "You don't know who I am, but a mutual friend sent me." And she right away says, "You're Rob."
2: Wow! And
3: so it, it was very cool. We've been in contact ever since, and it's it just good to know that that Kathy's situation has been able to help somebody else and and it just it just helps me feel like she didn't go through this without any any reason at all so right
2: right
0: yeah and here you are
1: now also speaking to hundreds of people um potentially thousands over time um oh no no i'm nervous <laughs> Maybe uh, millions, no. Millions, <laughs> <30 laughs> infinity. You're in like 70 countries, no.
0: <laughs>
1: but um, no, but you know, like her, Kathy, uh, Kathy's story, your story, is helping somebody right now just in you sharing it. And and I'm, I apologize. Did you mention that woman's name? It's okay uh, if you didn't. If you wanted to her keep name, anonymous, her anonymous, Ellen, Ellen, Ellen. Okay, so. You were able to help Ellen and I, yeah. I view I view this I view it the same way that like and I don't mean to be selfish towards any of our listeners, but of course I would have rather Lacey not passed away right. for me to and, and yep. rather than me help people. but like her story has helped a lot of people and it's like you mentioned like we never know why the Lord's doing what he's doing, but it reminded me of something um as Lacey was towards the end of her life. I remember pleading with God, what can I do? Like, what do I do? I'm so lost. Like, what do I do? How can I save her? And I just felt this overwhelming, like, do you think I need you to save her?
2: Mm-hmm. Like, I right. don't
1: need you. If I want to save her, I'll save her. And, um, but, you know, like you said, like, he didn't answer your prayers how you wanted them answered, but he healed Kathy. He healed Lacey. He healed Luke.
2: Mm-hmm. Not
1: in the way that we would have wanted, but. Again, going back to what you said in a much, much better way, it's hard for us to comprehend on this side of heaven, but when we get there, we will understand it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's amazing already seeing in six months. Right. And I, I hope, you know, my heart well enough from listening that I would never mean this in any condescending way. I'm really proud of you. Mm -hmm. You've done a really fantastic job of honoring your wife's legacy. Right. And, um, you know, picking up the ball and and moving forward in life as best as you can. And I know it's been hard. I'm not trying to imply it hasn't been hard, but I know the courage that it took to be here after six months, um, because that's when we started this podcast. I was six months, uh, eight months, I think. But mm-hmm. um, it was hard. It was hard. And um, it was hard to relive those stories Mm -hmm. that I was, I was trying to move forward from and trying to, you know, we're obviously in different situations. I have two little kids, but, um, for the most part, you know, it's the same in that our hearts as, as men, and I don't mean to disclude you, Michelle, but, um, you know, it's, um, there is something unimaginable that a wife, a woman brings to the table, to the relationship that, Um, a lot of people don't understand who, who still have their wife happy and healthy. And I just really understand that feeling of coming home to this, (laughs) just like every other time that you've been home alone, it is different. Yes. Um, and if you remember my story, I knew my wife was in heaven before I even saw, I felt it. She was gone. The house was empty. And that was the, I mean, that feeling has stuck with me that Uh I was just. I was in another, I was down the hall, you know, I was in the front room answering some messages, having some coffee. And I just got this feeling before I even walked down the hallway, I was like, she's gone. There's nobody else in this house, but me. And so I, I really related to you also. I mean, many things that you said, but I really, really related to that of just this, it's indescribable
2: mm-hmm. that
1: your house is just empty and quiet. And it, for me, I described it as I was like, even though I have two loud kids, in the house there was something still so silent about my house and um so like i said i hope it doesn't sound condescending in any way me being a little bit younger than you but i'm really proud uh, from man to man seeing what you're doing and seeing her beautiful picture behind you and you're still honoring her legacy and um loving her really well and that's just it's awesome it's beautiful to see so
0: yeah um, i'm sorry michelle
1: go ahead oh (laughs)
0: Well, no, I was going to um, kind of say the same thing. We were going to say the same thing. I work with grievers all the time and you're doing really, really well because you're you. taking steps because we know it's not just time that heals. It's what we do with the time. And so you have taken steps um, right away, doing grief share, getting into that, doing it every single week, um, searching out podcasts, that kind of thing. You've already done huge huge things. Mm. Are there any specific verses or songs that really helped you through this hard time?
3: Well, I love music. Uh, You don't want me to sing though, but I love music. Are you sure? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) But for me, I I pretty much use music as background. I, I don't, as far as having a song that really said or or did anything for me until last night we had a combined church service last night with a with another church uh an african-american church and it was a really good service it was it, it was great but um basically our worship team went in since we hosted at our church we we, our worship team sang two songs and then their choir came up and they sang two songs. And what a, what a contrast between the two. But one of the songs that our worship team sang was Goodness of God. And I've sung this song at church so many times. And I, you know, I, I guess I was just singing the words. But yesterday
2: mm-hmm.
3: I was singing this and the chorus is all my life you've been faithful all my life you have been so so good and when I hit that that first so I teared up so much that I mm. couldn't sing the rest of it and he's been so good to put this lady into my life to put us in circumstances that he has for in in so many aspects of our life it was just i I just can't count all the things that he's been so so good for me for and mm. and Kathy also it, it, it just such an incredible and that song just hit me so well last night and it was just I I pulled out my phone and I copied that down right away because I said mm. that's what I'm going to use and as far as my verse mm. my life verse I was challenged back in high school I went to a Christian school and one of our Bible teachers challenged us to to get a life verse and shortly after that challenge I found Romans 8:31 what shall we then say to these things if God be for us who can be against us and mm-hmm. I have taken that and I know the bible says not to do this but I have amplified that a little bit and I say not only who can be against us but what can be against us
2: mm-hmm. the
3: lord is in control and and no matter what's thrown at me he's got it
2: Mm -hmm. So, Mm.
3: and that helped me through this as well. It just, there's not much else you could say, I could say about that, but. Right. um,
1: And it's amazing too, because as much as, as the Lord has done for all of us, and if we're all, you know, eyes open, paying attention, you're going to know it and you're going to see all the things the Lord has done, but it's not even scratching the surface of all he has prepared for us in eternity. And, um, Ah, oh, what a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I'm, I'm never, not like, cutting you off or anything, but I just no. want to say that. Thank you.
3: Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. I, I, Kathy taught at a local high school for 35 years. And shortly after she died, uh, the school administrators through the high school principal, informed me that they were going to be renaming a scholarship after her and putting it under her name.
0: Oh Wow. Wow. That's amazing.
3: Back about a week before graduation this, this past May, they, uh, they had an award ceremony where they were giving away all the scholarships and uh, you know, all the different awards like that. And my daughter and I got to go and present these, there was two scholarships and it's actually going to be an annual thing. I took, we had this picture, but it's, it was a massive one that we used for the, Mm -hmm. for the the funeral. Right. And, uh, we took that with us and got to talk a little bit about Kathy and uh, her history at that school. And my daughter then came and she started talking about Kathy's relationship with the Lord in a a public high school. She was saying that. So Mm. it was so good. But That's it, awesome. It was so cool to hear that they, they they renamed the scholarship in Kathy's name. And so that <laughs> was just incredible. Then shortly after that, as well, the Seidman Cancer Center, which is where she was being treated, they do twice a year. I'm sure other hospitals do this, too, cancer centers in particular, had a funeral, had, had a, a memorial service, I'm sorry, for all who had died in their care over the last six months. Wow. and. We, we got to go to that and it was, that was an incredible experience as well. So
2: mm. it just
3: like time after time, we're able to relive Kathy's life in so many ways. So,
0: wow,
1: that's awesome. That's awesome. Praise God.
0: Yeah. I have a few more questions. Sure. I'd love to hear. So what do you think was the most, has been the most challenging part about being widowed?
3: Meals. <laughs> yes. Oh yes see i told you you're my people
0: (laughs) yeah you guys have a lot in common in these answers
3: we uh yes either one of us are our cooks i mean but kathy (laughs) kathy did a good job i Mm -hmm. she with her being a teacher she would usually get home before me so she would start wait that's my phone i'm sorry um (laughs) i didn't hear it okay forget about it i'm not sorry
1: Yeah, here I want fun.
3: She worked like crazy and she she did a great job preparing meals. And when she died. I was like, what am I going to do for food? And I would look in the (laughs) kitchen and I'm for the first literally for the first month and a half. I don't think I I think I made one meal. I had family coming and providing dinners. I had friends providing dinners. I had people wanting to take me out. I had it was just one after another, and I was so blessed with that. And my mm-hmm. friends and family just rose to the occasion. And when I was ready to start doing things on my own, you know, they kind of stepped back, and that was great. My, my family came over, and we had a meal here one night. And I was helping clean up afterwards, and I, I holding utensils. I'm like, "Is this yours or mine?" I'm asking my sister, and she goes, "This is yours." <laughs> I said, "Funny, where did you find this?" And I went I through had, all
1: of that. That's so funny.
3: No idea.
1: Yeah, so. there are so many things. I'm like, "What is this?"
3: You
1: know? <laughs> oh, that's great! Wow,
0: wow,
3: oh, that's so, really funny. That and the other thing, Kathy has a had an MBA in business, and she, we decided right away that she would take care of the finances, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Live it up." Well, suddenly I'm like, "Oh no!" Mm-hmm. And so that that actually, I turned that over pretty quickly. I, I, I've got that under control really quick within the first probably week or so. I think I only had. Made a couple double payments because of auto pay on a few things, and it's like, hey, oh, double's no. better
1: than none. Oh, yeah,
3: <laughs> but uh, I just look at the statement a little bit later, it's like, wait a second, why do I have the same amount twice? Oh, no, so oh, I see what I did, yeah, so mm-hmm. those were those yeah. the two biggest struggles for me.
2: Hmm.
0: And what advice would you give to a brand new widow? I mean, you're pretty new, but like during those first few weeks to a month, like what would be something you would say to a new widow?
3: I would say hold off. And you hear this all the time, hold off in any big decisions. And Mm -hmm. I would place more things in that big decision category than just like selling a house or selling Mm. a car. I would actually feel that, like I said, getting rid of clothing, getting rid of personal Mm. items, I think that should be in a big decision category because
2: Mm.
3: once it's gone, once they're gone, they're gone. And those are memories. Whether you think about it then at the time or not, those are memories. And once they're gone, like I said, they're gone. So,
0: yeah, no, that's. It's good advice. I'm kind of on the That's opposite great advice. end. I, well, after a few months, I got rid of some of it. I asked his mom and people, and then I saved some for the kids. But then, I mean, I still have stuff. Three years later, I have tons and tons of stuff where it's really difficult for me to get rid of anything, even now.
2: Um, mm. But I also well, the- do
0: have something. Sp- oh,
2: oh, go oh ahead. excuse
0: me. I was just going to say, I do have something special. He had so many t-shirts that I have enough nice. to make four quilts. I don't make it. I'm going to have somebody make it so I can make one for his mom and the three kids for this next Christmas. So that's my goal with that. And then now, like I've been, you know, when he first died didn't fit any of the kids but now Hayden's getting bigger like he's more like his dad's size now he's getting there and so he has actually been wearing more of the clothes and so I am glad that I did keep some of them to now like okay now you're older do you want any of these like the other day I was like you're wearing your dad's shirt he's like oh I did not know where this came from I think I just put it in his room and he wore it <laughs> and I was like oh I remember when we got it was like a shirt from our honeymoon or something he's like oh that's where it's from I'm like yeah anyways it's just kind of cool but there's no right or wrong way to do it because I know our listeners have probably done all the things we've done like gotten rid of it right away, in between, yeah, in, in between, yeah. like all the places. And so I I think whatever you do is right. So See, I was thank thinking you for the same And that. I would also
3: that that if I didn't mm-hmm. get rid of it right away, they would never leave the house. Ever. And so mm-hmm. and I don't want to be a hoarder <laughs> for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean I had still like right before um Joel and I got married, I had I like got the vacuum seal thing so you can make things smaller, but I had all tons of Luke's t-shirts under our bed. And I was like, I have to at least now they're down in the closet. It's like, I at least have to move them out of here. Not that Joel ever said, I don't want his stuff in our room, but it was just out of respect. I felt like I need to clear out you know, Luke's stuff before Joel moved in and I had to make room in the closet and all of that stuff. So.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, you made a big choice. Yeah. And I was going to your house and move mm-hmm. both of you both of you moved so yes, both
0: of us both yeah. Moves, yeah 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 I,
1: I waited a little longer but um, right it was situational for me but um, I was definitely considering it right from the get-go um, but you know Lacey and I had talked about moving out of state for a long time um, but yeah it was very different when it when it actually came time to do that but um, something I also wanted to add just for the listeners to to hear is that something else I think you did phenomenally well that has brought you to this point was not only doing the steps doing grief share listening to the ultra famous (laughs) podcast that you listen to (laughs)
0: um, but was inviting
1: the lord into the situation with you and even though you know you self-admittedly had anger you were still pointing that anger at god you weren't turning from god and like you've heard us say before like god can handle it god can handle your anger And it's okay to be angry. Um, You know, David was angry with God and, you know, all these other um, situations we've all heard about. It's it's okay and he can handle it. But you invited him in even in your anger. And so I want the audience to be able to hear that, that even in your anger and your frustration and your depression and your sadness, you can invite the Lord into all that. Even if you want to tell him, like, I don't understand this. I'm so mad at you right now. um, You're still inviting him in even in your anger and um you're still talking to the lord um even in your anger and i think that's beautiful and um can really open up the the door for healing and and finding not necessarily answers but what you need for your own soul to feel like you have some answers some clarity um, even if they're not answers it's clarity right even even coming to the conclusion that, I don't understand this, but your ways are above my ways. Even that is a form of clarity and um, something we all need in our hearts. We need to kind of have some level of understanding of the why, because for all of us listening and for all of us here talking or whatever, like the why is probably like the biggest question, especially when you have someone like Kathy, Luke, Lacey, whomever, like the, the Lord was, was using to, you know, like, that's what I didn't understand is like, I was like, Lord, you were using her. She was bringing so many, she was right. glorifying your kingdom and everything she did. Like, didn't she have so much more work to do, but there's this side of you that's just like, well, no, because we, we don't know, we don't know God's plans. And um, we just put our faith and our hope in heaven and, uh, you know, we go through what we have to go through here on earth. So anyways, I'm sorry to mean to take it away for so long, but, um, <laughs> you know, how Come I do. On.
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> I just wanted to say that you... Give me so much inspiration just to see where you are in six months. And so I know with all of our baby widows that your story is going to give them so much hope to see someone because they're going to be like, oh, to me and Mark, you guys are a couple years out. They haven't seen our whole journey, but you're someone who really is fresh in this. And so your story is going to give people so much hope. And I Mm -hmm. love that you have taken the steps needed and really drawn, drawn from the Lord. And then also taking steps, you know, with grief share and all the things that you've done to get to where you are. So it's a true inspiration to listen to you.
3: Thanks. Absolutely. You know, one one of the things I do struggle with though, um, I was in a, in Chicago for a friend's wedding and a, a friend's son's wedding just a few weeks ago, beginning of June. And a lot of people from our church were there and I was sitting at a table with them and it was, Couples, couple, 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 mm-hmm. me, and that—that yep. mm-hmm. that is something that unless you go through it, you don't know what it's like. And yep. and that's something that three of us have been to, and, and we we mm-hmm. dealt with, and we are dealing with it still. And that—that's uh that's that's pretty tough. I'm certain. Sur- I'm shocked how mm-hmm. tough that really was. I wasn't really prepared for that part.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Naturally. And it's, uh, seeing the couples together, feeling that like the ninth wheel, feeling like they're hanging out with you because they have sympathy for you. Um, anytime you hear somebody complain about their spouse, oh
0: my gosh, uh, there's yeah.
1: just so many things that can just, you know, just trigger you in, in a second. And and a um, wedding
0: is hard enough. The first wedding I yes. went to of my nephew and niece, like I bawled because it was so hard to see people getting married.
2: <laughs> so
1: you,
0: you had that along with feeling like alone. I'm sorry. That's really hard.
1: Yeah. it And, and that though, just that does get easier. Also, yeah, you start does. to see things, uh, with more clarity and, and things like that. So, um, well, that's good yeah. to know. But that's tough. Yes, it, it is tough, though. I, I remember that vividly. Mm-hmm. And I remember just looking around and I was like, there's that married couple, that mar- and then me. And yeah. there was this like, oh gosh, they just totally invited me here because they feel sorry for me. And not saying that they didn't want to hang out with me, but just there's kind of this feeling that kind of, I don't know, for me, that's how it was. I felt like I was like, wow, the, the reason. Like I'm not part of a couple anymore. I was invited here because people feel bad for me. And um, I know that wasn't true, but that's, I'm just saying, that's how it right. felt. Um, and and all, you know, all
3: of these couples that were at that table were very good friends with us. And mm-hmm. you just, it just, was. it's just still, it's just like overwhelmed with how lonely that situation was. And I, mm-hmm. I got up twice from the table and I had to, I had to, separate myself from the rest of the crowd and just be alone for a few minutes and then I was able to go back and handle it until I started to have another meltdown I went and did the same thing again and that that really helped for
1: you though You're doing what you need to do. And and that's like the biggest thing is doing what works for you. And if you need to get up and walk away, that's okay. And people will understand it. I've mean, i had to walk out of a few church services that I just couldn't be in there anymore. I couldn't listen to one more word of that sermon. And it wasn't, of course, out of anger, um, but it was just hearing him talk about one one sermon, for example. Well, one was Mother's Day. Um, I had to walk out of that. Another one was um, the pastor um, telling, reminding the husbands, uh, about how important their wives are mm. and just going into it and this and that. And, um, I mean, there, there were honestly probably like four or five church services that I just got up and walked out of. Cause I was like, I, I just can't be here right now in this moment. Like, I just can't hear this. Um, it's, it's too hard. And, um, so yeah, just that's, that's great that you recognize it. That's a huge, huge part of finding finding your healing is like recognizing what you need and when and and having the courage to do what you need to do
3: and and Mm -hmm. i'm going to do some promotion here for you guys but
1: awesome listen up ladies and gentlemen
3: (laughs) (laughs) that day that i had that meltdown at work and i just started googling and i that's when i found the widow too soon podcast Mm. and grief share at the same time i honestly feel the lord you guys and Grief Share in that search result on purpose for me. Mm. You guys were such great help, especially in those early month, month and a half, two months out. Mm. And I couldn't get enough of you <laughs> of the podcast. Mm.
1: And, That's awesome. Wow.
3: And you Thank don't you. understand the depression you put. No, not depression. But the, the <laughs> it, <laughs> when I finally caught up, I'm like what am I going to do now?
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I know that feeling when you binge watch things and it's like, it's done. Yes. I know what you're saying, but I didn't know anybody would ever say that about us, but we're still here. We're still making it What an it honor.
1: Still. It's such an wow. honor. And that That's such a kind compliment. I really, I know we both, we really appreciate that. Thank you. That means a lot. And, and we're just, um, we feel so blessed and humbled that we were able to help you that much just yeah. with, you know,
2: well, that's just
1: doing what what we do. Thank you. That's that's and you're very welcome. Um, I'm gosh, I'm just like speechless for the and first time never ever. Speechless. <laughs> that's ever that's truly. Speechless. I don't know. You know, there's been a couple times in my life, but um, that that's such a kind compliment. Well, wow, I'm really humbled by that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Well, uh, Rob, do you have any uh, last things that you want to say?
3: No. Or questions, not, Mark? No.
1: Any last words? <laughs> okay, I didn't phrase that right. You know what I mean. No, I'm just kidding.
0: Mark, am be you have any me. more
1: Sorry. questions? I know. <laughs> Gosh, you know, I mean, there's so many that, you know, I do want to ask. So this might be hard for you to address. I'm just curious. Do you, Have you thought about um, what it would be like to date again? Have you, I mean, or is it too early for you to even think about
3: that? No, it's not too early. It's, um, my daughter and I have talked a little bit about it. I haven't had a desire to pursue dating at this point, but down the road, Mm -hmm. yes. Um, You know what I, when Kathy was diagnosed with uh, the cancer and we were told that her immune system was going to be so low it it we just uh we stopped a lot of things like kissing and what mm, we did mm-hmm. have was hugging and i mm-hmm. miss i missed the hugs so much and
1: i remember that
3: and it just it, you know it, to this day i i miss hugs and mm. that would prob that i got to watch that because it's it's a physical you know seeking something physical but um right that is probably gonna lead me more to dating than than probably anything else at this point but
2: Mm. it's
3: um yeah i i i will at some point start dating again it may be sooner rather than later but i just don't know when yet i Mm know i actually i asked go ahead i'm sorry went on to check out a couple like facebook dating and and a few other sites. And I actually started to fill out a profile and I said, no, not yet. Mm-hmm. And then I went again and on another place. And no, not yet. And so it's
2: mm-hmm.
0: good. It's good to know that's yourself
3: to that.
1: And, and the reason I asked that is because for one, I, I want to encourage you as you've heard us say before, like, it's okay. Right. Um, whenever you're ready, it's okay. Um, but I I, obviously I can't speak from a female point of view, but from a male's point of view, I know that it was so there was just so much missing from my life um, that a wife brings so much um, just feeling like somebody making you feel like you're special, somebody making you feel um, grateful for you. And, and all these these other things too, in addition to the hugs and kisses and holding hands and all that good stuff, right? Well, But like I know uh, for me, it was – gosh, it was just like my, my life felt incomplete um, in, in, in many ways. Um, but there was just something about wanting that companionship, wanting somebody to sit there and watch TV with and not be watching it by myself there were just so many things and so that's why I asked because I know you're if you're not dating which you said you're not so like I know you're in that season of recognizing all the things that you're just doing alone and I know it's obviously the same for women um mm-hmm. but but women miss different things than men miss and um you know for for me it was very much the feeling of companionship and my best friend and the person to talk to every day that, you know all that stuff and so that's why i asked and and also just to encourage you that you know whenever you are ready like don't don't let any outside influence keep you from meeting right. somebody awesome and uh i would start praying to the lord about it just you know from one man to another i would start praying for the lord to bring you that right person i have mm-hmm. good. good good for you good for you that's fantastic You've been an example and of that so Thank you. And he did. He brought me um, literally everything I prayed for in a woman that I was just, I was on this roll where I was like, Lord, you said I can ask for anything in your name. So I want her to be short. I want her to be, you know, and I literally like had this list that I would just expand Has upon to every be day.
2: Short. Has go to be it. short
1: because I'm short. So, you know, um, <laughs> but it just didn't matter to me. It was just like anything I thought of. Um, I would ask for, for her to be that way. And including being widowed so that she would understand my grief, Um, just all these different things. And like, I can literally go down the checklist and I've done this with Tina many times where I'm like, this is what I was praying about. And tell me that this isn't exactly you, you know? And um, so the Lord can really do amazing things. And I just, you know, encourage you to keep doing that. Keep praying because she is out there. Yeah, and she will fill a hole in your heart that um, that you never thought. And I'm speaking on this because you have the desire. I wouldn't if you didn't have the desire, I wouldn't be right. saying any of this. But right. she will fill that hole in your heart in a way that you never thought you could feel again.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, and I'm gonna keep. I promise you, I'm gonna pray for that for you. And you. um, I'm gonna keep you in my heart and in my prayers, and uh, because I know the uh, incredible blessing that it it can become Mm
0: -hmm. um and i can also second that with a list i made a list even have an accent like and playing guitar (laughs) well no i said playing instrument but he does play guitar oh instrument that's
1: right Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And
0: even dance now. Okay. So dancing, he's not a dancer per se, but he will dance with me. So that counts. Like he always dances with (laughs) me, even though he wouldn't like go dancing myself, but he's danced with me many times. Like literally everything on the list, like down to, I mean, literally everything. And so it definitely can. And like for both of us, it's happened and it's been absolutely amazing. So And you guys
3: have inspired me to pray specifically about some things also. So (laughs) That's
0: oh, awesome. Good. Bob.
1: good. That's yes. awesome. You're doing a great job. Well, you um, know, what, one of the things ahead, that I,
3: I like doing things around the house. I like, like I replaced all the windows not too long ago and she was there. She wasn't helping, but she was there by my side and she would be mm-hmm. there in the room and, and she would, she would vacuum up the mess I made or she would do whatever. And I was supposed to resurface our deck Last October, and that's when she spent the entire month in the hospital. And it got the material was purchased in September, it's been sitting on my deck ever since. And our uh, young married, the YME ABF, came over and tore my deck off a couple months about a month ago. Aww. I just have not had the motivation because I'm missing mm. my encourager, I, I'm missing mm. Kathy. And, and as a result, I think I'm going to end up paying somebody to come out and take care of this for me, but, <laughs> but
1: no, that is,
3: he would have just been standing, sitting there watching and, and encouraging me and just helping me in, in a, um, an emotional way, not so much a physical way. And right. Yeah. That's one, one of the many holes that losing your spouse creates.
1: Yep. And it's, it's those things that somebody who hasn't been through it wouldn't, wouldn't think of. Right. And uh yeah, it's yeah, and I'm sorry cuz that I wish I was a little closer I'd come help you out with that. <laughs> <laughs> I also like doing things around the house.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark, will you go ahead and uh pray us out?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um Lord, I'd like to thank you so much first and foremost for the life of Kathy and um what a beautiful soul. It's just such an encouragement to hear about another faithful believer of yours um about another beautiful marriage that, that you created and, and made. And, you know, that they were, they were supposed to be with each other for, for that whole season. And we thank you for those beautiful, I believe he said, 37 years of marriage. Um, Gosh, what an inspiration to, to so many of us who are not there. And I thank you so much for that life of Kathy. And um, I thank you, Lord, for Rob and for, his inspiring testimony and his desire to proclaim the good news, the gospel, um, it's gosh, it's so inspirational, Lord. And I thank you for his heart and for uh, his wisdom and his ability to pick up the pieces and move forward with faith in his heart. Um, We know there's difficult times, Lord, and, and we pray over those for him. Um, and we pray Lord that, uh, we just want to echo whatever Rob's prayers are about you bringing a woman into his mm-hmm. life when that time is right. Um, when it's your timing, his timing and her timing, Lord, we pray that you are working behind the scenes and working quickly. Um, and I pray Lord, you know, just for the simple things, for the small things that, um, Rob feels inspired to be preparing meals and all these other things, and that he can be there for people. and um, pray for, and I, I believe their names were Ellen and Mark. I I pray for, um, Ellen Lord, that you would be walking through this season with her also, and Mm -hmm. that they would continue to grow closer, um, in their friendship and that, uh, Rob could be there for her in her time of need. And, um, I just thank you so much for this, this blessing, Lord, of us being able to do this podcast and you speaking through us to be able to help people. What an honor. And we ask all of these things and, and praise your name in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Well, if you liked this episode, give us a little Bing five stars bing, 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 bing. on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Rob knows he's like Bing 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 Bing, um, or anywhere that you listen. Um, I also wanted to say again. I think we introduced the concept last week or the week before that. Um, Widow Too Soon is actually a ministry of Widow Goals, which is a nonprofit I started about a year ago. And what Widow Goals does is we help number one, do the podcast to produce these podcasts. And we also um, have social media content and then uh, provide grief classes called Grief Recovery and give scholarships to widows, as well as local events. So if you have been touched by this ministry and you want to give back, there will be a link in the description that you can give to. And it is um, a nonprofit. So it'll be a tax write-off. So I just want to share that again. And um, if you want to be a guest, you can email us at, oh, wait, it changed. I was going to say the <laughs> normal. It is. It's different now. Widow2soon at widowgoals.org or .com. They both go to the same place. And the best way probably really is our Facebook page. It is growing. Did you know it's at 1,700? I'm pretty sure it said last time I checked. So we're getting close to 2,000 people. And that's probably the best place to send us a message um, because it doesn't get lost in the emails. And you can also join that community because there's a whole community of people interacting and supporting each other. Um, So we'd love to have you part of that. There is a link in the description. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. So thank you again, Rob, for being here today. We really appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you. And yes, we will see you guys next time.
1: God bless you, brother.
0: Bye.